You're listening to another episode of Earth 894, and you're in time for the perfect episode because as everyone is celebrating all the holiday cheer and seasons, what's better yet than talking about the most badass shit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This is going to be an episode focusing about the most metal MCU moments. So you want to strap in and get ready for your face to be melted. This is the first time listening to Earth 894. Appreciate you checking us out. Welcome to the multiverse. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and what you're listening on, or if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button or subscribe, whatever the kids say. We're still getting used to that part. My name is Devin, and I am co-host Liz without Louie tonight. He'll be back, but you'll hear some uh, special parts from him later on the show. But joining me for this really metal-ass episode is making his first appearance on our podcast something we've been doing in the works and we'll probably talk about our little story and how we got all connected here in the first place in just a moment but all the way from bridging the gap between pop culture pop punk and just everything to do with metalcore is sean mott from the metalcore nerds podcast how's it going sean it's great man thank you so much for having me heck yeah welcome to the pod i'm stoked to be here honestly (laughs) of course of course so uh, like I said, we've uh, we have a kind of an interesting origin story per se. How we kind yeah. of like found each other's pods and everything, and so um, we uh, are both fans of the Koi cast from Koi Jandro. And I just happened to listen to an episode, Hotline Calls, where he has like people call in, leave really cool messages, and they chat about it for an episode. I want to say like early in the summer, maybe June time, yeah. July at the latest, right? And so. Um, found this guy who left a really cool voicemail talking about how he decided to start a podcast and everything. And basically one thing led to another. Turns out Sean hosts this really badass podcast called Metalcore Nerds. And so I'll let uh, Sean talk about it in a minute here. But basically, we're here and we're ready to talk some really cool stuff. So, uh, Sean, before you dive into everything, tell us about Metalcore Nerds. Yeah, so we were talking about this a little before we started recording, but... Like every podcast that is going on now, it started in the pandemic. I used to be a booking agent. Now I still work in the industry, but it's just in the design field, not not the booking field anymore. But um, so when the pandemic happened, I obviously did not have any work. So I have loved podcasts. Um, actually, my first pop culture podcast, because I was only into wrestling podcasts at first, mm. but I just searched Marvel on Apple Podcasts and Marvel Movie News came up hosted by koi jandro back in like 2016 2017 one of those so he was like one of the first pop culture podcasts i ever listened to and then it snowballed into all the ones i listen to now basically but i always wanted to start one and i but i always wanted to think like oh it has to be something unique and different it can't just be there's a million especially now there's you know Mm. a million pop culture podcasts out there so i was like i want to do something different and there was a few friends that I was like surprised by because I remember being at like So What Fest a number of years ago and uh, Zach from Left Behind, he was like one of my first episodes, like episode like five or something. And he was just like, yo, you just saw Endgame, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, dude, I love Marvel. And I was like, oh, what? Like you like Marvel? And just that kind of thing where I wanted to combine the worlds of alternative music and pop culture and and now it's evolved into a cool thing where where bands are promoting an album or promoting a tour or whatever they can come on the show and uh promote whatever they have going on but they don't need to fully talk about the band the whole time we still talk about 
what they have coming up and usually i feature their song as the song of the week and everything like that and we talk a little bit about the song or the record but mostly it's just they get to come and talk about pop culture and it's like a, an almost an escape for them than talk about the normal thing and just kind of bring you know knowledge and everything like that to the heavy music world that you know a lot of us are nerds but a lot of us don't know that each other are nerds and that's like the thing that i love doing you know <laughs> it's so awesome and like Literally, like you talk about, like how we could find some podcasts. There's a plethora of, and then there's something that, like just out of nowhere, out of the blue, so unique. And that's exactly how I felt when I found like Melkor Nerds. I was like, oh my god, this is exactly <laughs> what I didn't know I needed, but like I'm so happy it exists. And I remember scrolling Thank through you. your like feed of episodes at the time, and I was like, I just had an episode with uh, lead singer Bayside, and I was like, oh my god, dream, <laughs> a literal dream. Dude, it's insane. Like, who would you say has been like uh, probably your favorite guest or one of your favorite episodes so far since uh launching the pod oh man i'm on episode like 120 something i think so it's a lot to choose from Um, yeah um but one i just recorded a few weeks ago that i put out i recorded an episode of top five horror movies of all time Mm -hmm. with the stinger of uh, his name's mikey he sings in this band called the gloom in the corner they're on sharp tone records are from australia now i'm sure if you were listening to this and you are like a fan of like metalcore you've probably not heard of them yet but i guarantee this band's gonna be massive in like two years nice. they're they just dropped a new album it's incredible it's like nothing you've probably ever heard of it's their concept band they're just so sick and me and him just like clicked i don't even know it's just like we just clicked so well and he was just such an awesome dude so that's been one of my recent favorites mm. i think i think would be him he he was he was awesome i can't say enough good things about that guy he was great thank you man that's awesome and sharp tone records is probably one of my favorite labels in the last several it. years it's got so many good bands yeah they awesome. just got august burns red like yeah yeah <laughs> crazy so before we get into all the moments and everything the way this episode is going to work is we're going to be t- counting down from five to one from our most metal mcu moments and we have some honorable mentions to give some shout outs later from people who gave us their own suggestions and you might be surprised on how many are and are not on our list and full disclosure me and sean we have not actually shared on air or off air what each other's lists are so that's what m- I'm excited for to be the biggest surprise. Yeah. It's always the best to do lists when you don't know each other's list. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I always wonder if people like do it ahead of time. I guess it just kind of depends on who it is and all that. But yeah, when it's like that, like fresh organic reaction, it's usually the best. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I never reveal it to anyone. We always go in fresh and figure it out. It, it, it makes it way more exciting. Heck yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get into that, though, uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Earth Day 9-4 without a little bit of a warm-up here, especially when it's getting a little bit chillier when the weather is almost like 50 degrees on the high end of things in the Midwest. So what we like to do is this awesome segment where we like to catch up a little bit. So did you read a comic book? Did you listen to a new record that has a concept album that happens to be about superheroes? I don't know if there are any, but I am trying to write one, and I have not gotten the buy-in for it just yet. <laughs> I'm just saying. Six song EP. Each song is about an infinity stone. I have it all mapped out in my head. I just need to write it. That's my idea. No, if someone steals it, at least make it good. True. True. Right. <laughs> so this moment is called MCU for you. That is right. By our favorite uh, lead vocalist of the podcast, Louis Tonarini, who surprisingly is a very good singer. Beautiful. Well, Sean, let's kick it over with you, man. 
What has been MCU for you in the last week or so? Nothing really, uh, I guess, MCU centric, but uh, I did. I have been reading um, something is killing the children. It's a boom comic book. It's really oh, cool. Boom, nice. Yeah, my wife got it for me for Christmas or my birthday. They're very close, so don't get like, why would you not know if it was your Christmas or birthday? They're like a month between each other, so it really blends together. My girlfriend, but, December 23rd, Christmas. Jeez, that's yeah. even closer, man. That's rough. <laughs> yep. So she got me this comic book and she picked it out all on her own and it's super dope. It's like a horror comic. It's, it has it feels kind of like it in a way. Nice. Uh, but it's cool. It's basically this monster comes and starts killing children and only children can see the monsters. But then there's this like group of monster hunters that come and you know, kill the monsters. It's pretty cool. I, I, I really, really dig it. And um, if there is a metal, I read this a few months ago. But there is a metal comic book that is one of the best comic books I've ever read in my life. It's called Murder Falcon. Murder Falcon. That's it metal. is so dope. It's basically this dude who stopped playing music. You you learn it has to do something that traumatic happened in his life. But then all these monsters stop coming, start coming and invading Earth. And he finds out that the way you can destroy them is through heavy metal. And it sounds ridiculous, but it is so damn good. And it's like super emotional, but it's a great, great comic. And it's the it's the comic I never knew I needed, but I, I needed it. It's it's great. <laughs> so if you haven't checked out Murder Falcon, check out that one, too. But um, I did just just yesterday. It's a, another fandom, not Marvel. But my wife and I and our, our friend Ava, we went to this thing. It's called like Forbidden Forest. It was like a Harry Potter experience. Oh, yeah. What was that like? It was pretty dope. Like the, pretty much they take over a whole park and they just fill it with Harry Potter stuff. There's like a wand battling station and nice. It's pretty dope. It was it was cool. It was a cool little day trip or half a day trip to go out and they have food. They got butterbeer. They have a gift shop and it was nice and it was kind of warm yesterday. So it was like a perfect night for it. Wow. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I love these like pop up little things like the Harry Potter forbidden forest yeah. we have uh there's something in chicago that's actually coming up in a couple weeks here where they're doing something at water tower place downtown uh it looks a little bit more like kid friendly activities i saw some photos and all that uh a lot of mock-up images i don't really know what it's gonna look like yet but i mean we're <laughs> also big harry potter fans our dog is named after hagrid we have a one-eyed cat named bellatrix we call trixie oh so yeah we get we get, we got the fandom here yeah, my wife got really emotional because there was a Hagrid like right in the beginning. There's like a Hagrid. Oh, um, you can see like the back of him and stuff and you can hear like his voice over the speakers and stuff. Mm. She got she got a little emotional after that one. That's like understandable. Yeah, it, <laughs> understandable. It was, it was a sad day for us when we, when we found the news about Robbie Coltrane. We uh, yeah. we, we cried a little bit because of that personal connection. Hunger Dog, very, very, very tight that day. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's sad. Uh, and also, thanks for the Murder Falcon. I definitely want to check out this comic now because just looking at like some of the the artwork and see it's on Image Comics. It yes. sounds like it'd be just a total like unplug and just have a good time. Yeah, until it hits you in the gut. Like I'm telling you, it, it 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 whacks a punch in the emotional department. That's for sure. He's actually doing the same guy. He's a he's a writer and artist. He does both. Oh no way! Yeah, he's incredible. And he's doing a new one called Do a Power Bomb, and it's a wrestling one. I'm waiting for the trade to come out for that one because I love wrestling too. So I'm like, man, this dude. I feel like we should be best friends. We probably will never will be, but I feel like we should be best friends. <laughs> It'd be cool to get again in your pod. 
Yeah, I've been thinking about it. My friend's actually having him on, and like oh, a no month way. or something. Yeah, yeah. That's sick. There you go. Yeah. So maybe maybe one day for sure. <laughs> Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Uh, for myself, pretty much, I've been. People are probably tired of hearing me talk about this, but uh, do you know the game Marvel Snapped? Yeah, everyone's been talking about. It. I have not even tried to play it. It is so addicting. <laughs> so fun. You know, it's like. I'm terrible at card built like deck building games and stuff like Hearthstone, even Yu-Gi-Oh back as a kid, I, I mm. struggled with. Uh, this is nice because you only need 12 cards and it's only six rounds. And it's basically like you have to win the majority of there's three locations. You got to win most amount of points on your side. And it's really easy to build a deck because you don't have to worry about too much stuff. And games only last like five minutes. Hmm. So it's really fun. And uh, the nice thing they have a season pass, they have DLC, all that kind of like paid stuff, but really it's only for your, literally it's like you get a variant, so it's a different version of the uh, artwork, and you can upgrade it, make it shiny, animate it, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's totally worth it if you want time to kill and just something a little bit more like pop culture based, highly recommend the game. I wish we were sponsored by them, believe me, because I've got <laughs> at least seven fellow like podcasting homies uh, into that game now, and it's just like, I wish I had a referral code. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, and I've been, uh, we did a four hour live stream on Saturday night, uh, before the time of this recording. And so it was right before the, the hour, uh, reverse in time and everything. Oh, or central to the standard. And, uh, I decided to you know what? It's like one in the morning. I'm just going to throw on agents of shield. I love that show to death. And so great. I watched yeah. underrated, you, right? Watched all of it. Oh, yeah. I, man, I almost named my car that I got last summer after Enoch. Cause it's a hybrid. <laughs> But I was like, I'm not going to remember that. And no one's going to know what the hell I'm talking yeah, about. Dude, no one. Literally no one. Exactly. I think even people who have watched the show probably won't even get that reference. Right? And they're like, I, I, I don't even know what you're talking like, about. He was the instrumental part it, of the oh. end of the series, okay? Pay attention. Jesus. Enoch, <laughs> underrated character. Love him to death. Dude, the Ghost Rider arc in Angels yeah, of Field? season four. So Ooh. dope. I mean, that season is kind of messy, but that arc is dope as hell. Would you... So we eventually have to get uh, Ghost Rider in the MCU at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you? Would you cast? Uh, was was it Ravi something or no? Robbie Reyes. That's the character's name. It's um right. Gabriel Luna. Yes, I was not think. I thought it was Luna, and for some reason I thought that was wrong, but it's not. He's also going to be in the Last of Us series. Oh, sick! Yeah, he's playing um Tommy Joel's brother, aka mm. Pedro Pascal's brother. Which I, I can I was playing a little bit of that before we were recording. Oh, uh, well, nice. the, the remake of part one. I've played both of them already. Mm. I love those games to death. So I can't wait for that series. Yeah. Oh, it's just around the corner, too. I know. I did not think it was coming that soon, but it is. And I am stoked. That's the crazy thing. I tweeted that I tweeted this the other day, but there's going to be like four weeks where Pedro Pascal is going to be on the two, two of the biggest <laughs> streaming platforms starring in his own shows at the same time. With the Mandalorian and the Last of Us, he blew up and everything yeah. just from well Netflix deserved. specials to this and yeah, and he's he's good. He's amazing. He's good. He's a kick-ass human being too. Like not an asshole. Cares yeah. about everything. He's into it. Yeah, it's just his world. We're living in it now, and I could not be happier about it. Exactly. <laughs> this is the way. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Gabriel Luna, could you picture him being the character all over again? Kind of like how we're getting. Uh, uh, Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock again, or you think it's time to maybe give it to someone else with the mantle? Yeah, I would like to see him in because there was supposed to be a Hulu series 
of his mm-hmm. Ghost Rider. But then it got canceled when the whole Fox merger happened, which is understandable. Right. And, you know, Foggy deleted the all of the MCU Marvel TV that wasn't connected or everything like that. Right. Which some of it seemed vaguely connected, but it wasn't like Runaways made references and had visual shit. They went to the dark dimension in the last season. Like, oh, no the, way. the literal dark dimension. The dark holds in it. The same dark hold from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., by the way. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's it's so weirdly connected, but not, you know, but yeah. it is what it is. I would like to see him, but I think they're going to go with Johnny Blaze. Maybe eventually, like maybe we'll see him as like a small cameo in Secret Wars. But I just don't think Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. was big enough. Like the Netflix series were massive and like beloved. And I know there's like that whole corner of the world that's like make make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon, which I will argue to the death that they could. But by the end, there's no way that's canon when 616 it's so far off. They yeah. do so much time travel, so much shit by the rules of the MCU. By the end, they would not be in the same universe just by yeah. the rules of the MCU set. So that's my big argument against people who are like, make, make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon. And I'm like, I'm sure it is to like season three. And then after that, it's just like you can't how how would you be able to explain this in the same world doesn't make any sense but i mean there's rumors of uh quake coming in i don't know if they're true there's a million rumors out there nowadays i'm hoping secret invasion who knows i would be stoked with that but she's obviously like the most popular character other than me you know phil colson obviously and like melinda may and stuff like that but even phil colson he's a fucking robot now yeah (laughs) like you're gonna bring him back as a robot why just let him be dead. He's fine. <laughs> he had seven seasons of yeah. the show again. Like what he died, what four times on the show, it's three times on the show. No, twice in the show. But if you count Avengers three times, yeah, he only, he only died technically twice mm-hmm. because the, the third person who died was an alien that was impersonating him. So it doesn't really count, I guess, but a likeness of him died. That's what I mean. You can't you can't bring him back. You can't bring him back. It's too confusing. <laughs> Let the guy rest finally. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Let it go. <laughs> but if you bring him back, I'm not going to complain. I'm just saying. I mean, I probably wouldn't either. I really I really like Clark Gregg. So. Exactly why. Yeah. If it was someone else, totally different answer. Yeah, it's tough. But I, I just I don't know. I mean, they could do it in a way where they don't even acknowledge anything and i guess they could but it just kind yeah. of also undermines the moment of the avengers but i mean everyone they'd be like who the fuck is that guy anyway i mean half the team's dead so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> whoops so i guess that doesn't matter i guess right <laughs> oh man well awesome dude awesome and i uh now I, need, now I need to go back and watch uh agents of shield read some comics i still need to go rewatch all these old movies Every time I do an episode, I feel like I have more just to throw on my watch list. It's a never ending cycle. There's so much exactly. out right now. I try to keep up with TV because it's TV is we're like in a golden age of TV shows, not even just like fandom based, just TV shows in general. It's insane. And every day I'm like, oh, yeah, that series is out. Fuck. I haven't even watched House of the Dragon or Rings of Power. Neither. I'm not I'm a big like, Thrones guy, man. So I only watched a little bit of Rings of Power. Yeah, but it's fair. I don't know. I couldn't get into Rings of Power for that one's a slow burn. So, I yeah, I think that's where I ended too. right when it's like probably going to get better in action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been in Game of Thrones. That's fair. That's fair. Those are I, I just like love Game of Thrones. And uh, my wife and I binged all of it after it ended. 
Oh, wow. I've already watched like the first three previously, and then I just mm. stopped for no reason other than I think I was confused with so many characters. But going back and starting it over, I knew everyone was that time. <laughs> See, that's exactly what it was for me. I just, there's so many people, and if it's when it's not like common names, I have the same problem with anime that it's harder for me to like grasp who they are. And so I'm like, okay, I need to go back. Yeah, I mix up anime characters all the time because a lot of them are similar too. And that makes it worse. Oh my God, yeah. Some of them are the same. It is not easy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, no, the no, one from this anime. Like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Try, like, try. how do you know? <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Well, sick. I think it's time we dive into the episode titled section, Most Metal MCU Moments. And I got to stop coming up with things that are witty yet full of alliterations because I have a stuttering problem, which is perfect for a podcaster. Let me tell you. Hey, man, we're all human. Exactly. Accept your flaws as being a part of you and just, you know, you know, that's fine. Exactly. Respect. Sean, has anyone ever told you on your show or outside, you have a very calming voice and demeanor? A few? And I thought the same about your voice, weirdly enough. Oh, no way. Yeah. I was like, I, it can... must be the sure. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it might yeah. be. <laughs> but thank you. That's so nice. My friend said that My to voice. me. He's a mailman. And he listens to him, I think, when he's delivering mail sometimes. He's like, man, you have such a calming voice. I was like, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> like, really helps when I'm just dropping off package after package. Yeah. I was like, that's really nice, man. Thank you. Awesome, dude. So, uh, like I said, we have five items each. All these moments that we consider to be metal, badass, kick-ass, and everything. And so uh, I think just a little bit as a preface before we get into those, I'm just kind of curious. So we came up with this idea, but we didn't really determine like a true criteria or anything. So I'm just kind of curious before we go into our individual uh, list, what did you kind of like have in mind when you're going through countless hours and moments to really like label, okay, this is going to be my top five? Some just feel like metal and badass Mm -hmm. some are kind of literal and some is just like wow that could be in like a metal music video so it's kind of a broad range of what could fit in um so it's really kind of just up to your interpretation i think of of what what you think would would make it in i think so what about you did you do the same kind of thing pretty much except the music video part that is really clever and i didn't think about like could i see this like as like an like an uh just a you know, cinematic music video, just strap on a track over it and just watch it unfold. Um, yes. That's a good point. And now I kind of want to like do a, a clip after <laughs> this episode where I'm going to like take one of your moments and I'm going to put it on like a song that just really fits the tone and everything. Oh, there is one. My number one is prime for that. 100%. Oh, man. Prime. <laughs> man, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I really want to know like what, because you've been talking, <laughs> you've been really hyping up this number one spot. And now if I'm it's not so on your list, I'll be shocked, honestly. But we'll see. Know. We'll see. There's a lot of moments. That's, that's the thing. It's like yeah, the MCU. Dude. It's like it's full of like millions of moments at this point, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, pick five. It's like, oh, okay, I guess. See, I had to do five because if I said 10, I feel like it was just going to be so much of like, ooh, this one's good. This one's good. Yeah. That's Force fair. myself to get five and commit yeah. to it. Or else my ADHD brain is just going to be like, oh, how about we just say 25? And I still don't <laughs> I know feel like we're scratching service. I did 50. Is that okay? <laughs> is that okay? Is that okay? <laughs> Part one of the seven episode series. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll do the honors of going first here. So starting with my number five. Okay. This is the first thing I thought of, which I feel like is pretty fucking metal. 
but okay. it's not the top of the top of the list. And that is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One when they're on board uh, Ronan's ship. When Groot takes his long, elongated branch arm, just skewers all these like Kree soldiers and everything, and is back and forth, whips the hell out of them, destroys them. Everyone's watching with their jaws dropped to the floor. And he turns around and he does the cutest smile, just like almost like a dog or a cat that brings you like a destroyed animal they found from outside. And like, I brought yeah. you a present. And did I do a good job? So that is my number five most metal moment. Oh, that's good. I almost put in like the ending, the climactic moment where they're all holding the power stone. It's like where the oh, Guardians of the Galaxy bitch. I thought about that. I love the Guardians. They're like one of my favorite things in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I akin them to like being like the hardcore band of the MCU. Hell yeah. That's what the Guardians are. That's why I always call them. I think that's why I love them so much. They're great. My number five, it's liter- pretty literal, but the the origin of the MCU at the beginning when when Tony Stark mm-hmm. escaped the cave with nothing but a box of scraps and there it like, is he built a he built a metal Mark One suit and escaped terrorism <laughs> pretty metal pretty metal, pretty metal you know pretty metal <laughs> pretty metal <laughs> that is one thing like Louis loves doing the uh, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps Obadiah Stane. Yep. And um, we uh, we were fortunate. Uh, so one of the cool museums in Chicago, uh, Museum of Science and Industry, last summer, a year ago now, wild to think about, um, they had a traveling Marvel exhibit. So they had a lot of comic history. We saw like original sketches from like first ever comics and Marvel, everything. It was incredible. Um, they had an amazing fantasy 15 there. That was like a graded like 2.5. But I was like, oh, my God, that's that's one of the Damn. holy grails right there. But they did have uh, part of the exhibit towards the end. They had a lot of cool uh, screen use Marvel and MCU props. So even like oh. the Raimi Spider-Man stuff, they had uh, Tom Holland's suit. They had Black Panther suit and regalia. They had Doctor Strange. They had a lot of suits. But they had one section where they had the Mark One, the Mark Two, the Mark Three, And I think they had the Mark. I think they had all the way up to five or something like that. Yeah. But they had like the origin Tony Stark screen use suits. And it shows like what was actually used like composite material and all that. And it's in like the, his cool displays where he has them. It's so sick. Yeah. And so we got a video of Louie doing like Tony Stark built this in a cave and it's awesome. And it still travels around. Never know where it's at. That's awesome. I want to go to that. That sounds incredible. (laughs) So it's so cool. So cool. But nice, man. That's a, that's a good one. I knew we were going to have to have a Tony Stark or an Iron Man uh, centric spot. it It had to be in there. Exactly. And that's exactly why I have one. I also have to echo that. So at number four, I have Iron Man taking that first battle where he comes down to the uh, the like village that's under uh, attack from like terrorists or whatever. Uh, I think it was still the Ten Rings in Iron Man 1. Um, but he does that fucking awesome shot where someone's running away or there's a tank or whatever, and he shoots a missile and just walks away. And then you see over the shoulder, the explosion. explosion. That's when, like, <laughs> as a kid watching that, it's like, oh, my God. Life has never been the same. And I yep. feel like that is just so metal. And that's why it's number four on my list. The classic walkaway explosion. You can't go wrong. Exactly. You can't exactly, go wrong. Man. It's so, so good. My number four could be a music video moment, but it is kind of brief. But in Endgame, in the final battle, 
Valkyrie is riding a fucking Pegasus while Spider Man is attached to it, holding the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, that sentence is crazy by itself, but <laughs> it's a great fucking moment. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, you're you're spot on. Like, it's crazy when you talk about it out loud. But like, yeah, after yeah. all the stuff we've seen and everything, it's not even that crazy. <laughs> I guess it's not. Like, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, like that totally made, totally makes sense. Yeah, it does. But it was awesome, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. When you so when you thought of it as like a music video moment, did you have a song that came to your head that you kind of picture with it? I don't know. I I feel like why it just brings me back to like Ragnarok when um, Immigrant Mm -hmm. Song is playing would work there too, you know, I guess. Right. That's really the only one. It just pops. It keeps popping in my head. I think because Valkyrie is involved. I could. uh, I I get an Iron Maiden sense too. I don't know if it fit here, but when they have that shot in Ragnarok where Valkyrie's talking about like how she first encountered hell and everything, and you see that really cool, slow cinematic shot, all the Valkyries attacking, yeah. I would like picture Aces High playing there by Iron Maiden. That'd be sick. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> and this is why we did not do 10 instead of five. <laughs> right. Uh, so at number three on my list, and this is one that I dedicate to Louie because whenever he talks about it, I'm like, shit, that is so cool. So in the iconic Avengers 2012, right when they're in uh, the middle of the battle for New York and everything. And so uh, they're getting ready for like, hey, man, we need you. Cap's talking to Banner like, hey, man, we could we could really use it right now. Uh, like, can you, you know, do the thing? And he does that awesome moment where it's like, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Turns around, turns into the Hulk and gives that perfect punch straight to the Leviathan right in the fucking head and it's just so so metal just that and that's a good one that's exactly why Louis is like that is the strongest Hulk right there yeah that's a good one that's a really good one right I mean great movie great moment you know I love Avengers 2012 I I love phase one in general it's short but it's like yeah perfect just like a time capsule of like where it all started it has yeah. its ups and downs, but it's like so iconic to me. And it's just almost like a comfort zone before going into like, sometimes I need a little refresher before I dive into something new in the MCU. Yeah. And that's kind of like a kind of nice, like it's like ginger when you're uh, eating sushi. This resets a palate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. My <laughs> number three, pretty metal moment, if I say so. But when a U.S. agent you know, just committed murder on a on a town street but the shot with the shield covered in blood you're gonna tell me that's not metal because it's pretty fucking metal that is a good moment i was struggling to think of something with the falcon winter soldier completely went over my head i I will say what he did not very metal true but the shot is metal (laughs) (laughs) good thing you preface it just in case uh, just but right away, I was thinking, I was thinking of the shot. That is very metal. Yeah, I was like, oh, what's more metal than the Cap Shield, totally defaced and covered in blood? The exact opposite of what it was supposed to encapsulate. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about uh, U.S. Agent John Walker? I mean, like, how can people be mad at that? At Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's kid, being in the MCU and playing a kind of understandable dickhead? I guess, like, agreed. You know. He did some bad shit, but who hasn't in the MCU at this at this point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bucky, even though he was mind controlled, like killed who knows how many people? Mm-hmm. A lot, you know. 
So it's it's you know even Cap did shitty stuff. You know everyone did shitty stuff. Everyone mm-hmm. made mistakes. It's, I mean it makes them more human. That's probably why we relate to these characters more than most. You know because they're they're humans. Mm-hmm. But I like them. I'm, I'm stoked for the Thunderbolts. I know a lot of people were bummed about that lineup, but being able to see Florence Pugh and Sebastian Stan like bicker against each other is enough for me. Just that myself i'm like yeah that sounds great (laughs) like i don't don't know like i know all of their powers are basically the same but whatever Mm. it's gonna be like a spy espionage kind of movie i'm guessing so i don't know i I see it working but we'll see we're kind of the same camp too like we totally understand like uh like louis and i used to get into arguments at the early stage of our podcast when we started doing the reviews for the falcon winter soldier because he loves u.s agent he loves like white russell and everything um where I was saying, like, no, this character's punk bitch. But, he, like, we were arguing two sides of this, like, same coin same kind point. of thing or whatever. Where I'm like, no, I, I, I'm i saying this because Russell is doing a phenomenal job as a character. They're doing a good job. If he's invoking this reaction for me, it means, like, ah, he's, like, right. it's good. Not sure how I feel about the ending with kind of him, I don't want to say redeeming himself or just kind of acting a little bit better. Or, like, kind of like, you, all right, we're, we're okay or whatever. Uh, when he tries to help uh, just the rest of the team and everything in that final episode. But also that show just kind of had its shortcomings because they had to change yeah. a, a large part of that plot, which yeah, kind of interesting what the original story was supposed to entail. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough with that one. I, I didn't mind him kind of redeeming himself because he always kind of had good intentions the whole show. Right. He just kind so of does let, set it up. Yeah. You know, he kind of just let his emotions get the best of him and yeah, made a pretty bad mistake yeah. <laughs> in the, in the yeah. middle there pretty bad pretty bad did you also hear about uh florence Pugh? the the size of the deal she got for the next two vendors films or big films she's supposed to appear in oh no i want to say she got an eight figure deal for the two good movies i mean she deserves yeah, it insane. she's a star she's, she's good. a big name yeah yeah that's like she's like Leading the Thunderbolts, such a young age and everything, already get racking up those like massive deals too. I mean, all respect to her and personally, like I I have yet to find any complaint about Florence's Yelena or everything or anything at all. Every time she's on screen, I like, please give me a Kate Bishop and Yelena Belova series, because that chemistry yeah. was so surprisingly well. That's like the maybe the one thing I'm bummed about is that obviously Yelena isn't going to be in whatever the Young Avengers, West Coast Avengers, whatever it ends up being. Obviously, yeah. she's not going to be a part of it. I mean, maybe down the line, but she's going to be in this kind of gray area, you know, people who kind of have fucked up past team, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be fun, like I said. But yeah, I, I want more of them. That was like one of the highlights. Well, Yelena was almost the highlight of the Hawkeye series for me because yeah. even the the Nat stuff, which obviously Jeremy Renner pushed that very hard. And but that last moment with those two was such a highlight in a completely rushed finale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Good point. Yeah. But yeah, Florence Pugh is incredible. I mean, I think that's, I think Marvel has set it up so they can pay these people more because they don't, they're not locking these people into multi-year deals anymore. Everything is yeah, picture by picture. Right. You know? So it's, it, they know they're doing this and it's only going to make the talent happier because what's going to be mm-hmm. more happier than like, Hey, pay me this much money. And they'll be like, okay. I mean, that they, they can spend it. <laughs> obviously you know regardless of i know phase four has been divisive in air quotes mm-hmm. i don't really think it's been divisive i just think the nerds some of the nerd sphere doesn't like it which is fine totally fine yeah. 
But if you look at the box office numbers, you can't really say it's been doing poorly. Even in even in pandemic, it still did well, you know. So brought in a lot of some of like all the box office earnings throughout the last two years because of Marvel. So yeah, literally <laughs> keep the lights on. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, that's wild. So the last thing I'll say before kind of go on uh, with Hawkeye, the one thing I really, really wanted to happen, and I'm kind of bummed it didn't. Um, and it's okay, but. Like you brought the moment between uh, Clint and Yelena towards the end where she was ready to kill him, but then finally like does a whistle and everything. Um, so it really hits home. But I really wanted to see not only Kate, but also Yelena go home with Clint for mm, Christmas because then he could have finally nice. met, he could have met uh, Nathaniel because then, you Man. know, Nat was like, oh, it's going to be baby Nat, right? And then it's like, oh, it's actually a boy. And now you could see like, this is why she sacrificed herself for me. Right, and then it'd be like, "Oh, that'd be so." I'm still hoping one day, one day they'll meet. That would have been nice. That would have right. been nice. Yeah, that scene when she comes back and she's like, "I gotta tell, I gotta find my sister." I was like, "Fuck, oh, fuck, <laughs> damn, dude, you got me." Phase four. I mean, I know uh, the last few projects have been mostly funny. Uh, Thor: mm-hmm. Love and Thunder packed the punch at the end, but um, I think everyone forgets that the beginning of Phase Four was like utterly debil- debilitating <laughs> like, yeah it's all trauma man you know like wandavision was crushing i love wandavision so much holds literally one of my favorite lines in like any piece of movie or tv show ever like it I, it's incredible like people saying yeah. that you know like comic book stuff is an art or on right. par with other things i'm like dude i'm like that is that is like cinema like <laughs> like yeah. that screenwriting is is that line like mm-hmm. it's nuts i don't know i talking about the division line <laughs> oh yeah what yeah what is what is love uh or no what is grief but love persevering yeah, yeah. i was like so good i know i did like <laughs> i think like uh most of us who heard that said for the first time we watching that episode just being like wait hold up did did vision really just say that like yeah and then I, they played I, again in the opening scene of the Loki finale too, in the yeah. background with all the quotes playing and stuff. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, man. <laughs> oh man. So I think this kind of fits a little bit with, um, what do I got here? Are we on number two already? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Won't buy it. And we do have a lot of uh, honorable mentions to kind of uh, cool. fill in that gap between two and one because there's a lot of cool moments I think we'd be remiss to not talk about. True. Um, little shout outs. But funny we talk about Wanda and WandaVision because my number two is one of the most fucking badass metal moments. Just throw on the music video and this is perfect scene for it. Wanda slaughtering the Illuminati in Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Just... Yeah fair it does not get more metal than that well it does a little bit but it's just trying to make it look bloody then horror and everything and just watching <laughs> poor black bolt's head just implode still like gave me like i unsettling I, images i could not believe the boundaries they pushed in that movie when i was yeah. watching it i was like oh shit damn <laughs> okay like, i was like okay marvel let's go yeah <laughs> Very Did you surprised. enjoy Multiverse of Madness? I liked it. I didn't love it. It's, um, but I mean, I think that's most of the MCU. Like my view in the MCU mm-hmm. is, um, 
I say it a lot on the podcast. You've probably heard me say this, but is that I like all of the, there's nothing the MCU has put out that I think is bad, like just straight up bad. Mm -hmm. I I like it all to differing degrees. It's just, um, I feel like with how much I loved WandaVision, I think the way it ended with Wanda, I think is Mm -hmm. what bothered me. Like she's obviously not fucking dead. Yeah. You know, so the whole fake death thing kind of bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one show. I watched this show called the John Campia show. It's like a very okay. popular YouTube show. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys on it, Robert Meyer Burnett, he brought up this idea that because there was like the rumors in that movie were fucking insane. But yeah. there was well, I guess this did happen. They did film a scene, but that um, I think uh, what's his name? Um, Fassbender, I think filmed some stuff for the movie that got cut i believe i believe i could be wrong but um even elizabeth olsen has referred to him as her dad and stuff like that Mm. but there was like he was like what if the movie ends and like there's this big battle at the end and wanda's kind of all like fucked up or maybe like you know they just can't stop her whatever you know and down floating from the sky is michael fassbender's magneto and just goes i'll take it from here and just takes her off somewhere. I was like, he's like, this will never happen. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, dude, like the internet would implode. Like that would have been yeah. the craziest ending ever. So it, I watched it twice in theaters. So the second time, mm-hmm. I think I was looking for more of an emotional journey with Wanda, which you sort of get, I guess. It's more yeah. of her being a badass, which I loved. I loved like the mm-hmm. whole Illuminati scene, her just like fucking going on a full rampage. I loved it. Thought it was great. It's just... I felt more of the emotion for Dr. Strange at the end, like him, mm-hmm. like really kind of almost kind of what Thor did in Thor Love and Thunder is that he like pushed away love and kind of put everything right. else above him. And that, that's been a, another big thing with phase four is seeing people of the cost of being a superhero or saving the universe or whatever, you know, it's, it's it, it cost them everything basically. Yeah. So that's what and there was just this weird feel to the whole movie. And it had some really great moments but just something mm-hmm. didn't fully click for me at the end of the movie. And I felt the same way even watching it a second time. I was just like, oh, I got some more stuff stood out to me and everything like that. But and in that one, it sucked because they said Illuminati and the crowd started laughing because, I mean, Illuminati is a pretty if you don't read comics, you're not going to know what Illuminati yeah. is like. The general audience doesn't know what the fuck they think, you know, it's like Jay-Z's and the Illuminati or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I get why they laughed. But I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I was like, Damn. like no, not, no, wrong, guys. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, like I have no problem with them getting totally demolished by Wanda because they were, you know, they didn't know that Wanda, you know, so they totally got took taken by surprise and everything like that. So that's all fine. It's just, Mm. I don't know, just the way her story ended, I think is what bothered me because much like No Way Home is really a Peter Parker story. It's like that's Tom Holland's movie. Yeah. Regardless of all the multiverse stuff and the other Spider-Man coming in, it's it's still at the end is his movie. I felt feel the same way with Doctor Strange. Like it is Doctor Strange movie at the end of the day. Like it's all focused on him. Wanda's a big player in it. Yes. But I mean, she's the antagonist. So of course she's a big player in it. But it. Yeah, I think I wanted more out of that, I guess. That was a really long-winded answer to say that, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, you echo a lot of the same sentiments that I have too, because like that movie, I, the biggest issue I have with Multiverse of Madness, uh, cause I've also seen it twice in theaters and second time I just, it was less enjoyable for me. I don't like all the Raimi-isms where some are okay, but somewhere it's like, 
like go to hell and like some stuff just I was like, okay, I get it. I get it, Raimi. I get it. <laughs> but it was cool seeing him actually like let loose and be able to do some stuff because I don't really right. think we'd be pushing the boundaries that he did with this. Um yeah. Very exactly true. why. Like with Wanda and everything too. So it really did make it cool. And it was like, ooh, this is a... Uh, like it's not a like it's it's horror, but it's not like yeah. jump scares and like, you know, freaking you out nightmares and everything. But I mean, I can't speak for everyone. But like, getting <laughs> the the eye stabbed with the the pole or whatever in the opening fight, uh, yeah, Shuma Gorath and everything. Like, whoa, whoa, it's yeah. Awesome. Pretty much from the beginning, I was like, I wouldn't bring kids to this, like young kids. Yeah, like if you know if they're a little bit older, depending on what they've been exposed to, I guess. But I was like, this is not a kids movie. You know, it is PG-13, yeah. but I was like, it's a hard PG-13 for sure, you know? Yeah, and it kind of brings the question in, too, because, like, a lot of the, up till, I'd argue, up until Endgame, you could take a kid to pretty much everything, and they'd probably be okay to follow along, and it'd be okay. Like, yeah, sometimes with some, like, funny little uh, euphemisms here and there, and yada, yada, yada. Um, we didn't get our first sex scene until Eternals, and then She-Hulk is like, hey, yo. <laughs> so it's like, now we are at that point, though, where it's like, how much can you actually take your kid to? Uh, especially when you have them like so many hours just invested in the story. Yeah. Oh, sorry, a uh, little like Tommy, we can't take you to uh, see your favorite hero, Doc Strange, until maybe you're like two years older. <laughs> right. Like, it, yeah, She Hulk probably can't let a kid watch that right now, at least under like or over eight, 13. I don't know what the yeah. streaming rating was for, but it's kind of like interesting. We're at that point where. We can have the more adult side content and be entertained, but it's like, I guess right now it's good to be a millennial without a kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. For real. I don't so you have to worry about, about those problems. Yeah, nope. exactly. <laughs> Great point. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm on my number two, right? Yeah, yeah. What you got? Okay, so <laughs> Infinity War. They're getting fucked up in Wakanda. Ooh. Who comes to the mm -hmm. rescue? Fucking Thor. I mean... What's more, what's more metal than a space god Viking coming <laughs> to the rescue with a rabbit on his back? Yes. I only say rabbit because he called him rabbit. You know? Exactly. Sweet <laughs> rabbit. Love him. But yeah, what a, what a great moment. Only to be totally demolished by Thanos like 10 minutes later. But, <laughs> but you know, that's whatever. It's a lead up that counts, right? Yeah, but so sick. Comes down to the Bifrost, just fucking everyone up with Stormbreaker. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Bruce Banner yelling, you guys are screwed. It's, it's no, you guys are so screwed now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I love me some Thor, too. So. Who would you say is your favorite character? <sighs> Thor's up there now. Tony mm -hmm. Stark was my favorite. So you can imagine nice. Endgame is still debilitating for me to watch. I can't get. Oh, no. <laughs> I've watched that movie easily 10 times, maybe more yeah. through to the end, because usually I'll stop at the final battle because once the portals hit, I'm done, dude. I'm crying. It's over. Oh. Especially now, I'm going to see Chadwick walk out. I'm going to be a fucking mess. And seeing Tony, the way he goes out, just crushes me every time. I can't I can't get past it. So uh, he was one of them. Wanda's honestly one of my favorite ones. Probably, as you see why I was so bummed. I just think she's such an interesting character, the way they've done her in the MCU. is Right. You know, and WandaVision was pinnacle to that. Def so she's definitely one of my favorites, too. Um I think Thor is one of my favorites. I mean, I really like Love and Thunder. I think I think I've come down on. I was on a, like a massive high mm -hmm. for it when I first watched it, 
but I think I've come down a little bit and kind of understand where people are coming from with it for yeah. some of it. But I don't know. I, I just really like Chris Hemsworth in the role. I think he's just mm-hmm. dope. I, I'm very interested to see where things are going with him because I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. That's but good it's, point. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I love Kang. He's not even in the MCU really yet. But I love him. I love Jonathan Majors. I know you got that cool shirt for it. Yeah, dude, Kang Train. It's it's a sick shirt. <laughs> we uh, so we have a theory here oh, that boy. people roll their eyes for all the time, <laughs> and that's why I love this theory so much. Yeah, and it kind of ties into like the Doctor Strange and everything. So we had a good friend, uh, Tom Sides from Two Swords, uh, Two Sides, the Story Podcast. And so first time he ever came to our pod, we were just talking about She Hulk, but it was the uh, I think episode with Wong started showing up or whatever. Okay, but okay. basically he told us about this awesome theory about he thinks Wong is a Kang variant. And the moment he told me that what? was when it all went downhill because Emilia in my head is like, oh my God, it's Wang the Conqueror. And I love it so much. I know it's an absurd, just like totally just dog shit theory. Oh but my God. when you could just argue something like Wong has been around, he's been doing this. Why does he act so weird and everything? And then I went down a rabbit hole. I'm like, I think, what if Wong is a scroll who just happened to become I was, like, I was just about to say, supreme. I was like, crazier theory. Wong is a scroll. <laughs> I'm kind of here for it, man. Cause like, dude, someone of the, the, like from the beginning. Yes. has to be a scroll. It obviously can't be a main person, but mm-hmm. it's gotta be. I, I, I am placing bets. That is Rhodey. I was about to say, how do you feel about Rhodey? Everyone seems to be thinking it's Rhodey. I don't know, man. I just have a feeling I'll probably be wrong. I'm wrong with almost every prediction I I do ever. Besides Kang, I did. I did. I was on the Kang train. That's why Kang train started during the Loki Uh after show. Yeah. Uh, We started saying Kang train. Then he actually showed up and I was like, fuck. Sick. There you go. (laughs) Well, technically he showed up, you know, various, whatever. But yeah, I, I like that. I someone has to be big. It has to be a scroll that I feel like is going to happen in Secret Invasion. I don't know who. It's like who makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and there's like a two meta levels you can do there too because literally, like we have that exchange in Iron Man too. Like, yeah, it's me. I know. Get over right. it. Let's exactly. Over. Yeah, it's it's perfect. But also, like, I kind of wonder about it because, like, that's why Secret Invasion in the comics is so iconic and it disrupted a lot because it's like, hey, guess what? That person you love, scroll whole time yeah so it's like how do you do that on the mcu level without kind of taking away from everything yeah it is a very very hard decision so i kind of hope that they don't try and kind of pull their punches kind of take like a lucasfilm approach and just really like hey it's like a somewhat common like popular character but it's not going to be like hey guess what captain america hey guess what it's you know Thor. or at least if they're not gonna be something like that at least or at least if they did something like far from home where yeah. you find out that it wasn't nick fury the whole time but nick fury is obviously still alive you right, know something like right. that they they could do that mm-hmm. and that's kind of a meet in the middle also to go back to my favorite spider-man's in there i love tom holland spider-man hell yeah i know, I know you guys were talking about in the, that last episode about spider-man and mm-hmm. uh i think your guest said toby was the best peter parker which i could not disagree even more that dude is he is literally the most like piece of shit human being as a peter parker there is he kills a man i don't think he's the best peter parker he kills a man i got overruled a little bit on that one (laughs) um yes he does kill a man 
I love the Raimi trilogy. Obviously, yeah. massive nostalgia for it. You know, mm-hmm. some of the biggest things that kind of probably got a lot of us in into Marvel and everything when we were younger. But mm-hmm. that dude is highly problematic. That's why yeah. when he says the line to Doc Ock, I'm trying to be better in No Way Home. I was like, they wrote that line for me. <laughs> Specifically for you. For me. That's good. You know, and I was like, thank you. Thank you for that. You know, <laughs> like, I, and I get it. I totally get why, like, people love Toby. Me and my singer, my Bob band, we always go back to forth. He, he says, hands down, goat is Toby. That's ever, like all the boxes. I, I, I always teeter between Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, where I feel like Tom Holland, arguably the best, like, amalgamation of every Both, Peter yeah. Parker and Spider Man. Like, even physically, he can do those stunts. But I've really, really side on the side of, um, uh, Garfield did a great job. People are like, oh, he's too cool. He's too hot and all of that. But yeah, you got to look at the time of the movie that was made where your typical like nerdy guy in that like was early 2010 era or whatever. Um, it would be kind of like a skater kind of like nerdy dude. Like I kind of dress like that. And I was alone by myself most of the time, like floating between friend groups and stuff. So I can kind of relate to that. So I feel like it's not out of the realm of like, oh, he should have been ugly and like nerdier and everything. I'm like, that's just a interpretation. Yeah, I never I never thought he should be like ugly or nerdy. It's just he was too much of like kind of a douche at some points. Mm-hmm. Like the whole basketball scene is ridiculous and yeah. kind of utterly revealing that he's Spider-Man. Like yeah, he jumped that, from like the three point line and dunks like and breaks yeah. the backboard. I'm like, come on, man. But I do lo- like those movies have it's like wasted potential because the tone yeah. is so messed up within them because there's some really amazing moments and then just the rest of it totally just feels so weird. Like he has mm-hmm. some of the best Spider-Man moments, like the, the scene on the bridge with him giving the mask to the kid. I'm like, dude, that is so yeah. good. So it's good. so good. And he, I mean, dude, Gwen dying is so fucked. I don't even care yeah. how whatever. I don't even think that's the worst Spider-Man movie. Amazing Spider-Man too. I think there's far worse. I mean, I think overall, Tom Holland has the better movies, like consistently. Yeah. I don't know. Some people weirdly hate on Far From Home, which I don't understand because I think I that love movie Far is From Home. Literally, I don't great. get it too. Yeah, whatever. I guess people be like, "Oh, Tony Stark." I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's sad that his mentor died." Like, because that makes sense. It's crazy. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're you don't like Shut up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love Andrew Garfield and his moments. I mean, him saving MJ. Exactly. Great. And it it, it it connects so well because of that moment with Gwen. And immediately when people saw that that trailer, I don't know if you're like a trailer guy or if you stop out oh, yeah. certain time. I watched it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my God. That was the number one thing people were talking about before yeah. They even yeah, because you see like, oh gosh, he's falling. And people are like, this is when Andrew Garfield's gonna come back and he's gonna get his fucking redemption and knew it's gonna happen. But actually seeing it and believing it, yeah, holy shit, that was a loudest moment I've ever heard in a that theater. was even the whole thing with them being in the movie. Because obviously they didn't, you know, it was all just that leak like from Variety or something that they were cast yeah. like months before trailers even came out. So everyone's like, oh, they got to be in the movie, right? And then when they mm-hmm. show Doc Ock and Green Goblin and, and you know Jamie Foxx in the trailer, they're like, oh, okay, they got to be in it. But the way, yeah, they, the way they navigated it, which I think is really smart of them denying mm-hmm. it, being like, I'm not in yeah. this movie, they're not in this movie. Tom Holland's not saying anything everything like that it made you kind of like like are they really in this movie though like you know they're telling the truth yeah you know it made you question yourself and i think they did it really well 
and you know, then you actually like, I remember watching the movie in the theater and being like, this is real. Like, I cannot believe this is actually yeah. happening and in front of my eyes and I'm consuming it. Like, this is yep. insane. Cause I call it's like the end game of Spider-Man. You know, I was like, yes, it's a culmination. like end game is a culmination of 10 years. Like Spider-Man no home is the culmination of like 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. Like it's crazy. It's nuts. It's multi-generational. Yeah. Like literally like it's, it's so, it's so insane. Like, cause I kind mm-hmm. of like missed the boat of Garfield, like when it was happening, I don't remember like Garfield happening so and, and, and being like, Oh, I, I love these movies or anything. I remember just thinking they were yeah. fine. But then I did like a whole rewatch before No Way Home to to prep. I even did an episode ranking all of them uh, with a few friends yep, of mine, which was yeah. which was super fun, super super dope. And yeah, it's just like we we all kind of they were in the same like our lists were pretty similar for the most part, not exactly the same, but yeah, I I don't mm-hmm. know. I love Andrew Garfield too. I think he's just an amazing actor. Yeah, he's so cool, and I'm I'm really hoping that he eventually does get the uh, gift of finishing off his trilogy even if it is just a one-off it depends I think it's like it be- who's in creative control of it <laughs> yes that is a hundred percent a good point did you ever see the uh uh it floats around reddit every now and then on like the spider-man suburb and shit but do you ever see the uh notes feige had for amazing spider-man 2 no oh if you just google that literally just feige notes Spider-Man 2, <laughs> it is insane how much he like critiqued the movie and not just like in a like a bad like mean way. Just like he's like questioning a lot of stuff. Like, no, I don't think we should do this. Take this out. Like, this doesn't make sense. So I would recommend this, 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 and this. Because he was still a producer and everything. But like, yeah, if they listened to a lot of his notes, it would have made a more cohesive story. But it's like insane how much, just like seeing how his brain operates, especially at that time too. Right. I can't yeah, imagine how it is now. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's insane, man. Did you ever, did you ever, uh, I, I did it. This is related to Andrew Garfield, but uh-huh. I, I pitched an idea when I reviewed Morbius. Um, okay. Of what the post credit scene should have been. Ooh. Cause the, cause I don't hate Morbius. Do I think it's a good movie? No, I think it's a fine movie. It's a, it <laughs> didn't, I didn't feel like a waste of my time. The beginning was actually uh-huh. pretty dope. Then it kind of falls apart. But yeah. regardless, I just hate that they make, everyone in the Sony universe, a good guy for no reason. Just make him a bad guy. It's fine. Yeah. Look, they just did in black Adam and guess what? It worked. Mm-hmm. It was fine. You could have done that, but I digress. But the after credits should have been is that, uh, cause the biggest thing that confused me is that vulture Adrian Toomes just comes over here and he's like, hope the food's good. The dude who's hell bent on family gets transferred to a new universe and is just cool with it. That makes no yep. sense. I would love if he freaked out, got detained, and then someone comes to bail him out. And it was Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin bails him out. Ooh. So it, we fully confirm that we're in that universe. Mm. And then they bring him to Oscorp. And then they have like, even if Venom's in there for some reason or whatever. And right. he's like, hey, I'm, I'm building a team. And he's like, a team against who? And then on the screen shows Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Boom. Oh, that that shit. after credit scene alone would have made that movie like so much ten money. times better. Yeah. Ten times better. Damn, the hype off that would have been thing. massive. You know what I mean? Because that was like part of the like the shitty marketing they did is like how much they dropped from like four different versions of Spider Man. I swear there's like not oh, even in the movie. This. Yeah, literally nothing. All white. Fucked. It's like <laughs> it's so fucked on, up. Guys. And it's, it's like 
is a big difference between what Marvel does, trying to detract us with taking things out, adding things in. Right. But that's just straight up false advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because everyone's like, what universe is this in? It's like, it's in the Venom one. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> you know, it, like, it, I, is it even in the Venomverse? They do mention like, him and they do mention the carnage stuff, but maybe not. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> maybe it isn't. It's, it's just, it makes no sense. Like, t- like Tombs gets his like almost perfect exact replica of his uh his wings and suit and everything. And yeah, it's, like, that too. It's like because how the hell is just sitting around? That that was another thing I explained too because I was like, there's that scene in Amazing Spider-Man two where it's like all the Sinister Six. Yeah, you, you know, see you see it. all the stuff, and it's like he could be wearing that gear instead, mm-hmm. instead of him mm-hmm. just being like, yeah, I got the same suit for some reason because things I don't know. <laughs> like, did that get transported too? Like, what the hell? I guess I don't know. In this, you know, in his white, even the scene in the trailer, that like mm-hmm. we should keep in touch. Not even in the movie. Yeah, like yeah. it's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> damn, dude, you you have a hundred percent sold me on that post credit scene. That would have made that movie a lot better. That's one of my finest moments of coming up with something for like That's... a movie or something. Because usually I think I'm like I'm well done. way too dumb to think of things that would be cool for a movie. So that's the one thing where I'm like that would have fucking rocked. Like people would be even if even if people still thought the movie sucked, the people would be buzzing about the after credit scene. You know? Could you have like tied that into then that becomes Spider Man three? Because I remember that yeah. was originally the idea they were going to make a Sinister Six was the third I think. Why the fuck or not? they were going to try and make a Sinister Six movie and then I don't know. I feel like the way the after credit scene was, it would have been a Sinister Six movie, you know, like it mm-hmm. would have been him fighting the Sinister Six. And like, and that was the one thing when he, when, when Andrew Garfield came back, I was like, he would be the perfect to be opposite t- Tom Hardy's Venom. Like, even yeah. if he got the black suit and stuff, like that would be awesome to see them face off. Cause seeing that Venom face off with Tom Holland's Spider-Man doesn't feel right to me. It feels super awesome. Yeah. It's, I don't mind so the different. first Venom. I really like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and stuff, but like it would not work together. Right. It'd be weird. Because <laughs> you either have to you either have to scale one down to meet the other one or scale up to meet the other one. Like you have to like there's an ebbs and flow there in a different tonality. Yeah. It's like, okay, how do you compromise on that? And I think yeah. that's why they were decided to like do that kind of like, okay, it's kind of it's technically Sinister Six, but it's technically not in no way home with like, hey, guess what? He was at a bar the whole time, but it, it, I don't know. I find that was funny because it kind of was like, and they left that little piece of symbiote in the MCU. And I guess we'll just have to wait till we actually get it, which I feel is yeah. not going to literally happen until secret wars, which I'm kind of okay with. I hope Tom Holland isn't even in secret wars. Hot take. Really? I don't want him in it. Keep him Why grounded. That? That's fair. Because you know, who's probably going to be in secret wars, Toby and Andrew. We don't need another Spider-Man in there. Leave him at home with everyone who forgot who he was just in New York. Spider-Man 4. Stay at home. Boom. I'm calling up Kevin. Quadrilogy. Kev, I got the title, bro. All right. We got it. Because, I mean, I know there's talks of it maybe coming at Spider-Man 4 coming before. And maybe he is included. I know there's also talks of Venom being in Seer Wars. Tom Hardy's Venom. Hmm. Which would be kind of cool. I think that would fit. That you can make work. Because I feel like everyone and their mom is going to be in that fucking movie. Hugh Jackman's going to be in that movie. I'm placing my bets now. Hugh Jackman's going to be in that movie. I'm sure fucking uh, Fastbender is going to be in it. Patrick Stewart might come back. Like, bring in James McAvoy. Why the fuck not? You know what you could do? If you bring back everyone, right? Like, this is the movie. This is the spot to do it. Yeah. But you could do it. 
and you can be okay with killing them off. Oh yeah. Because then you're like, okay, we're done. We're done. And then you finally got your crowd like fan service. You brought them in, you acknowledge and everything because that's tiptoe and then all that fun stuff. But then that way, if like you bring Fastbender in and like Multiverse of Madness, right? Or perfect example, when we got Ralph Bonard with uh, that version of Quicksilver, we have no idea what to really take away from that or what he's doing now. Like exactly. Versus just, hey, here he is. Kill him. Like, done. what happened with Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. Besides that one Mordo. I feel like he might come back for revenge eventually. We, yeah, we uh, we're we're always chatting like, "What well, the fuck is Mordo?" I still think it's stupid that he got stuck in a a little ditch, <laughs> and that's the only reason why he survived. Like, Sorcerer Supreme can't get out of a ditch of like. I mean, maybe he just knew it was happening. He's like, "I'm just gonna wear this one out." Yeah, he sees the monitor. He's like, "You know what? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I I, I vote to stay here." Um, <laughs> but I also kind of hope that they do a strange academy, and I feel like that's where you bring our Mordo back in. Because you got to think, we have America Chavez is there now. Spoilers for She-Hulk. Uh, uh, Emil Blonsky is now seeking yeah. the actual refuge at that uh, Comitage. And then also we have um, the Minotaur, I've always got a name, uh, Rintra. Rintra. Yeah, and he's there, which I feel like they should give him a little bit more. But he has fantastic four ties and everything. And yeah. also then Ned. We saw his little like, huh, moment with the sling ring. So I feel like he could potentially be adding to that roster of that's my source for Supreme Strange Academy. Ned. That's yours? Not really, but it'd be kind of funny. It would be funny. Sorcerer Supreme eventually. But it has to happen before Strange. So Strange is literally seeing all these other people go and he's just like <laughs> just like heavy breathing, like Well, he even knows where Strange is. He's fucking, you know, fooling around with uh, Charlie Theron in the Dark Dimension. Yeah. Just having a good time. Yeah. We'll see. Third what eye and all. You're right. <laughs> so much that movie is so much to just like speculate on for the future. Yeah, for sure. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, if you made it this far, everyone, we are finally reaching the number one on our list. <laughs> so let's take a quick moment here. We've already talked about some really awesome moments, of course, but uh, there's some that definitely, definitely do deserve the honorable mention. And I hope none of these are your. Well, I hope yeah, your number one isn't accidentally listed here. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out. So one of the cool ones he got, uh, two from Louis, actually. It's technically Marvel. He said, most Marvel moment, Juggernaut ripping Deadpool in half in Deadpool 2. Good call. That is a good that one. That is metal as fuck. Right. And Deadpool's yeah. coming. So why not yeah, just embrace it's canon it now? now. Everything yeah. is MCU canon now, technically. Yeah. Really Every, yeah. Fox Universe is all canon. Mm-hmm. For the, the most part. Yeah. Except New Mutants. We'll just leave that off to the side. We don't talk about New Mutants. Right. That didn't happen. No one yeah, well, it. besides Anna Taylor Joy's magic, that was pretty cool. Yeah, true. <laughs> if they brought her then, back, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, and then number two for uh, Louis here, he mentioned Doctor Strange's Cloak of Souls. Motherfucker. <laughs> was that yours? That was my number one. Oh, man. Well, because it's more. It's more than just that. It's that. Let's hear it. It's that he fucking daywalks a dead Doctor yep. Strange as a zombie and then uses souls as a cloak to fight Wanda. Like, that is literally the most metal thing ever. Yep. There's nothing more metal than that. Like, nothing at all. You know? Like, what is more metal than that? That's Sorry, crazy. Man, it, is, it, is, it is metal. It is very metal. Just put a thrash what? fucking riff over it. There you go. You know, put Master Puppets on that one, right? 
Honestly, I was, th- I was thinking that a little bit. <laughs> it is a good one. <laughs> um, we'll have to see get that edit trending. But if it's any uh, consolation, my number one actually was Thor landing in uh, Wakanda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's <laughs> kind of funny. It's like, okay, we both kind of got it. Fair Share enough. a little bit there. Fair played. But it works out, man. That was good. I mean, I don't really have much else to echo off of uh, what you already said about Thor landing, but just like that paired with a few minutes beforehand or scenes beforehand, we get uh, the initial charge of Steve Rogers and T'Challa <sighs> just sprinting. That gets me so pumped every fucking time I see them just sprinting to this, do that gigantic leap and just attack the the enemy and everything. So sick. And then bring me Thanos and just so good. So hype. It's incredible. I love it. Nice, nice. I rewatched Infinity War and Endgame leading into um, Love and Thunder. I've been trying to do oh, this thing with, with kind of all movies. Is I've been mm-hmm. trying to watch mostly everything they're involved with to lead up to it. And uh, yeah, that was that was what I did. I watched all the Thor movies and those movies mm-hmm. right into each other. Because obviously Thor is a big player in both those movies too. So Right. And the, you know, the effects of what happens in Love and Thunder are very much played off that. But yeah, exactly. rewatching those movies, just me just being like, how do these movies exist? <laughs> it's a good time, man. Yeah. Are you a Kevin Smith fan by chance? I love Kevin Smith. So do you, uh, there's somebody, I don't even know what exact podcast, but whenever Kevin Smith would talk about how he would just rewatch Infinity War hundreds and hundreds of times and all that, just like exactly. He's like another reason to live another year. <laughs> That's what he says about movies. every Marvel project. Exactly. It's, it's, he's like, oh, got to live another year until this <laughs> happens. Yeah. I, yeah. Fat Man Beyond is, is his like pop culture podcast. Yep. And, That's my uh, favorite. I love, I love that podcast so much. Um, I actually so just, good. he was on this other podcast. It was like Get Weird or something. And it was like three hours long, but it didn't even feel like three hours because I can listen to Kevin Smith talk forever, I think. Same, it's man. It's, oh, it, to me, it's therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, he, it's, it's weird. I like akin myself of how I feel about pop culture to like him. I, I'm yeah. like, uh, I call the show the most positive pop culture show in the multiverse. And I am <laughs> mostly positive about things. Everyone makes a joke like, oh, you like everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was like, I mean, I, it doesn't mean there's things I don't like in them, but I'd rather view things positively than negatively. You know, like yeah, talk about the good stuff. People, people work on these things and pour their hearts into it <laughs> to, to like to see people like tear these things down that they're privileged to even have to watch is so strange mm-hmm. to me. It's even the same thing, like uh, even in music, you'll never see me put out a review tearing a band apart ever because why Mm. I've been there. Why? Why would I want to spew hate about something that someone like spent so much time and and energy into? It's just so seems so wrong to me. And again, you can always have criticisms and you don't have to like everything. There's stuff Mm. on the podcast I talk about. I was like, that really wasn't my thing. And I'll talk about what didn't work, but I'm not going to say, yo, that sucked. Because mm. I, I don't think that's critical nor like productive. And right. I don't know. It's just like Twitter is this just kind of endless realm of like blind hatred towards things. And it just yeah. blows my mind. Even like that, that TikTok comment from the Russos the other day. It's not even what they said at all. Like if you read the article, it's crazy. Is this about the Hercules? I don't know. I've seen a Russo stuff, but is it about them directing or is this something totally unrelated? They're producing it. So it's not even like a, a guy. Richie is directing it. They're producing it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the headline was Hercules to be inspired by TikToks as the Russo. Oh, brothers. that. Yeah. Yeah. And really is what he said. He's like, everyone's trained by TikTok, right? So what's it like to see, you know, like, what's it like to do a musical that's going to like affect modern people or something like that? Mm-hmm. It was just an example to like explain that like music and content are, you know, consumed in a, in a different way nowadays. And yeah. I was like, how could anyone listen to this and be like, yeah, he met inspired by TikTok. I was like, what a reach. And, and everyone without even reading the article, just reposting it like, oh, so it's going to suck. And I'm like, you're just blindly saying something's going to suck for one yeah. without actually reading the context of it for two, not seeing a single anything from it. It is just insane to me. And I'll even go on record and saying a live action Hercules probably insanely hard to pull off. And I'm even yeah. skeptical to see how it's going to work. But I'm open to it. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. like, this sucks because of this headline I read on the internet. Like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? And maybe that's another reason why I'm so positive about this stuff, too. Because I like, you know, maybe there's at least one guy out there <laughs> saying yeah. stuff that's nicer than, I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's hard to cut through that noise sometimes. Because it's easier to, like, talk poorly about something than it is to get nicer. Like, talk highly about something. Even if you don't like it, it's just, it's so much easier just to bitch and moan these days. Yeah, even things I don't like, I talk about things that I liked in it. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's probably one movie I watched that I think is like generally bad, but I think it's bad on purpose. Is this movie called Thanks Killing. And I think it's like... Oh, a, my God. <laughs> and that, that to me is the worst movie ever made. Yes. And uh, that's like when people are like, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. I was like, well, have you ever seen Thanks Killing? Because I can guarantee whatever you watch is 10,000 times better than that movie. That I was movie. like, I don't think I could act, but I could act better than what happens in that movie. <laughs> did they ever make things killing two in space they made things killing three and i guess there's jokes about why things killing two didn't happen <laughs> within things killing three. Oh my god which if you if you've seen things killing this makes total sense yeah. i have not watched things killing yet it might happen this thanksgiving because uh last year our friend we watched things killing on thanksgiving and he's like we gotta watch this man and i was like why would you make me watch that and i never said that <laughs> like ever <laughs> And I'm like, dude, that was awful. Like, literally terrible. Because there's movies I've like, I watched it once. Don't need to watch that again. It's over and done with. But I, w- I was genuinely kind of upset that I spent an hour and a half watching it. <laughs> yep. I, that's, I feel like that's if anyone who on this planet ever knows about Thanksgiving, it's because someone made them watch this terrible, terrible movie. And you're Pro- just like, why did you make me do this? Yeah, but it's so funny. It's like a little like secret society. It's like, oh, you know, you've seen the movie, right? <laughs> like, the fact you that you know that. about it is so great to me. And it's funny because you're talking about like terrible movie. The first thing I thought about in my head, I'm like, reminds me of Things Killing. And then you said it, and I just cannot believe, like, wow, yeah, that's why <laughs> we are one. <laughs> that movie brings people together. It, it does, yeah. Mind melding, yeah. Because even when people are like, man, their acting performance, and I was like, have you seen Things Killing? <laughs> that is a bad acting performance. What you just said was fine. Mm-hmm. Could you act like that? Right. Come on, man. <laughs> and talk about like stereotyping too. That movie sets the bar of what not to do, but it's like, I mean, in the, in like the loading screen, it's like boobs in the first 10 seconds or something like that's yeah, the clincher to get you to watch it. It's just so crazy. And it's in like the like the olden pilgrim times, and there's just yes. this lady running topless. It makes zero sense. It's just there. Just a pilgrim, no top, and it makes yeah. no sense. But 
guys watch uh just don't even don't watch well i don't know do what you want <laughs> maybe experience it so you can say you did yeah at least watch the first five minutes so you can see the the turkey because <laughs> that's a hand puppet and it's so good <laughs> it kills me every time gobble gobble motherfucker so <laughs> oh my god uh i forgot what i was gonna say i'm not gonna lie there's something i had about something we were talking I mean, about earlier that took a turn so thanks killing takes the cake man <laughs> Most metal moments in the MCU, thanks killing. Thanks killing. They need to confirm if thanks killing is MCU canon or not. That's that's everyone's talking about Agents of Shield, whoever the fuck. We need to know if that is canon, right? Is thanks killing is is it technically a mutant story? Is that an origin story? I'm I'm calling Kevin. I don't have Kevin's phone number. <laughs> I just like making the joke. Maybe Kevin has a pager because that's the least likely maybe thing people would think of of yeah. like accidentally stumble across his uh his digits and be like what is this he just actually has a corded phone in a in a room in his house like the powder puff girls or powerpuff girls or something oh yeah the the hotline yeah and the the phone also has a hat (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) oh man so uh we were kind of these uh our top five metal metal moments in the mcu and everything i'll get the title eventually um but it was that was that was so much fun, I must say. So I just want to share a couple ones that we had here to see kind of a, what you think about them. Um, so this one, I almost threw it on my list because it was so damn good. So shout out to a good friend, Justin Neff. And I was completely blown away by how he just came up with this so quickly. So in Age of Ultron, and I quote from Ultron himself, uh, when the dust settles, the only thing living in this world will be metal. And it's talking about how he's literally lifting the ground, Sokovia, going to destroy the goddamn planet, send it into another ice age and everything. And like, that is literally metal. Yeah. And Sokovia Courts, man, like that movie set a lot in stone and action to the repercussions of everything in Ultron. So that moment, tip the hat to you, my man. I was going to say, I was going to wonder if it was him uh, chopping off uh, Ulysses Ulysses Claw's arm and I then be like moment. him be like oh i'm sorry <laughs> right like whoops didn't mean to do that <laughs> oops like does that grow back i don't know i thought about that moment too but i was like eh but claude didn't really have the like the the biggest yeah. kind of close out and everything but then made me think like that's also kind of metal when killmonger just kills him yeah he well, brings well, me he's like when he gets go. that crazy arm that was pretty metal yeah that's true too that's a cool ass arm i want that arm yeah, Rocker would, Rock would have loved that arm. <laughs> yeah, there's a rabbit who wants it. Uh, another one we have, of course, we had a lot of people saying Thor blasting into Wakanda. Uh, another good one here from uh, Zach on the Nerd Dose podcast. He said Steve holding the helicopter in uh, Civil War. Yeah, those biceps. That's a bro. good one. Metal. <laughs> Metal biceps. Tell and me they're not. Of, right? And speaking of metal... Uh, uh, muscle fibers and everything. Cap fighting the Winter Soldier and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I think we're all thinking Ooh. of that same like badass knife move that Bucky so does and everything. Dope. It's so cool. It's like I could rewind that. That'd be my live yeah. wallpaper. And then of course we got another one. Uh the fight between Wenwu and uh Shang Chi, which was pretty cool. And you know that movie in general, like I was trying to think of like could I pull a like a top five moment from this film just because like I'd argue that has some of the best 
fight choreography in the entire MCU, especially with it being more like martial arts based. But a soul sucking really monster and then a dragon fight is pretty metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty crazy. Uh, another one we got is uh, the Doctor Strange music fight in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I was going to say almost all of Multiverse of Madness is pretty fucking metal. It's <laughs> it's so like, yeah, the entire movie gets the like an honorable mention because of that. Like even the opening scene you talked about, pretty metal. Yeah. Fighting a tentacled monster, and then he has crazy like demon hands and shit. Like pretty pretty metal. Yeah, and he gets skewered within the first like yeah five six minutes. Like, even oh, his he did his transformation scene into it into his out of his suit. I wouldn't say it's metal, but it was it was dope. Yeah, he's got style. <laughs> he does. Another one we got here is uh, from Mr. Marvel Minutes himself. Uh, when Rhodes puts on the suit to kick Iron Man's ass at his own party and then leaves with the suit. Yeah, metal that's and good. That's that good. It's a good one. Uh, we also have from Star Wars Pod, we have uh, the iconic I am Iron Man. Which one? Yeah, I. What would you say is probably more metal? When he says I am Iron Man at the end of the first uh, Iron Man film. Or right before he does the final snap. Endgame. Because he knows he's Endgame. dead. Yeah. What more saying like, here's my name, bitch. I'm taking yep. them both out. It's good. Even better. Imagine, instead of him saying, I am Iron Man, he goes, gobble, gobble, bitch. <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> now you, Now I'm going to edit that. Yeah, now we need that cut. <laughs> That's how we introduce an entirely new generation audience to see Thanks Killing. That's how it becomes canon. My friend will lose it. My friend Joe, who's the one who showed it to us, if I actually do that, he'll be like, dude. Because I showed him, I, I did a flyer. Someone, um, this one promoter I do flyers for, he's like, hey, do mm-hmm. like a Halloween one. And I put the Thanksgiving from Thanksgiving. Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Why not? Did anyone catch the reference? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> I mean, not that <laughs> I, I saw. Like I didn't like cool. scour his posts about it. I usually, you know, people pay me and I just send them the flyer, you know, you maybe go. someone like, did. I'm sure someone had to. Right. And they're like, I want this poster. Please give me a physical print of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just a couple more here and then we'll uh, end this awesome metal episode. Uh, Thanos throwing a goddamn moon at Tony in Infinity War. Facts. Right. And Tony's saying, like, if he throws one more moon at me, I'm going to lose it. I guess also another metal moment is when he fucks up Tony and he goes, I hope they remember you. That's pretty fucking metal. <laughs> Damn, that's good. Like, that, that was good. That was, um, I, I still feel that when he says that. Um, I thought he was going to die in that movie. I was like, he's dead. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is it. This yeah. is it. But I didn't feel it. Like, the first yeah, initial watch, yeah, yeah. I didn't like, okay, like, no, he's. Like, yeah, it, it didn't feel like he died. And then the yeah. moment when he sits down, he's kind of like, like, all right. We got a little bit extra time with him. Yeah, we got to borrow time. I was just worried. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally thought like Cap or Tony were going to die in Infinity War. And if it was one of them, the other one would die in Endgame. Mm, and yeah. I guess like. Then it happened, but like, you know, we still have the moon. It's good. It's OK. Have you watched Inhumans? Yeah. <laughs> perfect response but the only reason why i asked is because i've never seen it we were talking about all the moon stuff and then i decided to watch the first 10 minutes before falling asleep of inhumans and then as soon as the moon base where they're at i was like oh my god 
are they actually implying he could be here? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I haven't met anyone who said, yeah, please. Yeah, that show isn't great. <laughs> you know, and we were just talking about this the other night. Uh, can you imagine where, what kind of MC we would have if, let's say they actually committed and didn't make that a show, but released it as a movie, whether it flops or not. That was the plan. But, yeah. <laughs> What if we actually had Inhumans introduced? Because then, like, what do you do about Kamala Khan? Is she immune or is she inhuman at that point in the show? I don't know. That's a good question. Because, I mean, technically, even after Doctor Strange, the Inhumans are canon to the MCU, whether or not they're in our universe or 616. Mm, exactly. I'm, like, referring, like, we're in the fucking MCU. <laughs> it feels like it, though, when we talk about it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's a that's a good question. But I did, mm-hmm. I did, I did read a, a cool thing that um, in the comics they wanted the creator wanted to make her a mutant, but that's when you know mm-hmm. Fox owned X Men and they didn't. They were like, no, because that's when like the humans kind of took over. The X Men took a backseat and everything like that because right. they didn't. They didn't want to promote something that they didn't own. And so like so, they're kind of like writing a wrong in comics in live action, which I think is pretty pretty cool and Mm. mutants are way cooler than inhumans anyway let's be honest yeah and that's why like i kind of feel like after miss marvel um and then all just the other mutant jobs we've gotten since then it's like i don't know if the the casual audience and i hope this doesn't sound like insulting but like i don't know if the casual audience would be able to really grasp the difference between inhumans and mutants that's what i was saying too i was like they're the same fucking thing one's just done with dust Mm-hmm. And they form a cocoon. It's really yeah. confusing. They're the same mm-hmm. thing, basically. Like, oh, they right. have a gene that gets activated by something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Is it if if it's Howard the Duck? It's a duck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. So I think I think it's okay. I don't really know if we need the Inhumans, but that's why it's like okay, but Inhumans exist. So it's like right. I don't know. I. I do not envy, well, a little bit, but I do not envy <laughs> the life of Kevin Feige a bit. with all the shit he has to try and juggle because, yeah, like, it's nuts. Like, it's even insane. bringing the X Men fully in, like, yeah. is, I mean, I think they're probably going to explain it with Secret Wars. Like, they'll probably do similar to what they do in the Hickman run where all the mm-hmm. universe kind of collide on each other and stuff like that. The incursions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're left with like one universe, or maybe even not. I don't even think they're going to fix the multiverse, to be honest. Hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm not yeah. Kevin Feige, so. Or maybe I am. Maybe I'm a number. scroll. Think about it. The true trick all along is that Kevin Feige has <laughs> been the scroll. I mean, everyone called me. I have a Mephisto shirt, too. Everyone called me a Mephisto. That was like, ah. it spawned from my our Facebook, the podcast Facebook group. That was Mephisto. That's why I made the shirt. And uh, so when Mephisto actually comes in, I'm going to be a little bummed, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I was kind of riding uh, that high, but. Right. You know, it is how do you feel is. about uh, Sasha Baron going confirmed, confirmed, unconfirmed, kind of being a Mephisto? He'll kill it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for acting, if people didn't know yeah. that. So he's a really great, serious actor, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, and someone made this really, I think it was actually Koi on um, uh, Christian, Christian Harloff has a podcast channel. Yeah, the, and, yeah, the big thing. And he's on mm-hmm. every Friday for Capes and Cows, like they're superhero episode. Right, yep. And I think he mentioned he's like maybe he wants something 
that he like what's bigger to attach himself to than like an MCU role and right. for him to like because you know people heard that and they're like oh Borat's gonna be fucking Mephisto that makes no sense right. so, like he's done so much other shit than just Borat yeah you know or even than just his funny stuff like he's done mm-hmm. some real serious dramatic acting you know mm-hmm. but like what better to show off his chops and like make a statement than be in the MCU almost nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. and I was like yeah that's a really good point I didn't even think of it that way you know mm-hmm. so I'm I'm cool with it. Are you okay yeah. with it? It seems like you are. <laughs> well, see, like I've also I'll preface I've never seen Borat, oh. so it's just like I don't really know that side of him outside of Fair. like Talladega Nights and Sweeney Todd and stuff like that. So I'm okay with it, but I just I've never really actually seen his like more serious stuff too. So I I definitely need to do some of my homework. But I've been preaching that like when we finally get Mephisto, it's gonna be in the weirdest way. It's not gonna be probably something super crazy epic like we thought it'd be like true. Mephisto's showing up every goddamn episode of WandaVision. It was fun. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was really fun. That's why I yeah. think I love that show so much. But like when I oh, hear yeah. uh, those reports like saying, okay, he's going to be showing up uh, in um, Ironheart and that's how like uh, Hood and everything gets his like powers. It makes sense. But I was right, like, yeah. last show I would expect it would be him showing up finally confirmed if this does happen in Ironheart. Right. Same. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. I didn't think the first mutant confirmed in 616 would be Kamala Khan. Exactly. Know? Like no one had, if, if someone had that as betting odds and actually put money on that, they right. would have, <laughs> they'd still be laughing to this day, but swimming on the money. Literally. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know why I had this weird, like stupid theory. As I say it out loud, I really had a feeling before WandaVision was going to wrap up. Tom Hanks was going to be Mephisto. Why? So the only way I have any credibility of like solid ground of giving this some support was in the middle of that show, they were still saying like, oh, uh, from like the interviews with um, Elizabeth Olsen and everything saying like, oh, there's going to be a big cameo. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, and then there's another article at the same time, Tom Hanks praising what Marvel's doing and everything. There was something else with a headline that kind of gave me like, a little, it probably was clickbaity, but I don't even remember what it was at the time. But basically, I was grasping at some straws and tying together with like toothpaste as like a conduit and everything to say like, what if he shows up as Mephisto? Because he's in, he's everything in Disney. But when have you actually seen him outside of Elvis? I guess at this point, have you ever seen like Tom Hanks truly as like a devilly kind of evil role? And it would make sense because you can trust this guy. Right. Think of like what right. happens with even with Spider Man. And I was right. thinking, like, okay, what if it's him? But now I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it would have been as good as a payoff other than just a shock value for half a second and be like, wait a minute, what? Probably not. And I don't even think Mephisto in WandaVision would have been a good payoff because he would have just showed up at the end. And then, like, what What do you do then? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, everyone true. got, to, and it's like, it's not like they ever promised us Mephisto. It was all us, it was our fault. Yep. We all, yep. even the Reed Richards thing, which was the, the craziest reach of all time. They're like, oh, my God, Reed Richards is going to show up in episode five or whatever it was. And it's like, why did any of us think that that was possible? Like, that is so ridiculous of us. Like, that is starving for content. Yeah. You know, it's 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 crazy. You know, or even Paul Bettany, he, he did that big troll when he's like, oh, man, there's someone I work. Um, oh, yeah. And see, that's why I thought it was Tom Hanks, too. Yeah. I like, someone someone I, I, I've yeah. always wanted to work side by side with. And it was himself. Genius. Yep. <laughs> so good. I'm glad we got WandaVision first instead of like Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, because it was it was a good one to to 
to be so different and kind of set the stage for a lot of what phase four has brought us with a lot of exactly like different genres and stuff like that. Cause Falcon mm-hmm. War soldier is like a, an MCU property. <laughs> it's just yeah, straight up. That, that's an MCU show, you know? Yeah. And so uh, a couple of last moments I got here, uh, speaking of a uh, Falcon Winter soldier and everything uh, is actually when we have the good old elevator scene in the winter soldier. Hell yeah. It's so good. Iconic. Even when uh, they do that twist in Endgame, where they're like, El Hydra. And everyone's just dumbfounded, like, what? That was so all of good. us, too. Yep. I was like... <laughs> like, damn. What? And I kind of almost feel like they're also doing that. They did, they did that to pay nod to that uh, Captain... I think it was a Captain America comic that people yep. lost their goddamn minds when he says, Hail Hydra. He's in, like, full, like, instead of, like, America, it's, like, Hydra and shit. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like... Three birds, one stone on that effort. Yeah, literally, um, yeah. So good. And then another one, too, was... Um, <clears throat> where did it go? Uh, Black Panther telling Clint that he doesn't care who he is in that middle of the fight in Civil War. Like, oh, you're new. I'm Clint. He's like, I don't care. The ultimate payoff in Endgame. One of my favorite payoffs in Endgame is him calling him Clint. Mm. Like, learn It's a slept-on one. Very yeah. slept-on. But it's beautiful. And those small moments, too, are, I think, some of the best. Because, yeah. exactly, you, like, you're not even thinking about it. But then when you, like, you actually let that settle in for a moment and marinate, you're like, damn, that is good. There's another Black Panther one that I thought of that oh, yeah? I, I thought about putting on my list. But in Civil War, when he, you know, his biggest thing in Civil War is getting revenge for his father's death. Then he realizes mm-hmm. that revenge isn't the answer. And uh, he finds out that Zemo is the one who killed his father. And instead of killing him, he stops him from killing himself like mm-hmm. and stops the bullet in his fucking hand. Pretty metal. Oh, even, yeah. even the scene where he like fully comes in the costume and just like getting shot at with machine guns and it just deflecting off is also pretty. That fight with him and Bucky is pretty metal, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good moment. And Bucky almost killing Tony. Yeah, also pretty metal. <laughs> he was going to shoot him I, in the uh, face. <laughs> woo! Yeah, he, yeah, he has that shock like what yeah he's like what the fuck bro <laughs> i think you remember that at that end battle too when he's like i don't oh, care if sure. killed my mom yeah. yeah it takes it out yeah and if, uh, if you guys haven't seen my tiktok or real whatever it is at this point uh when i did that little motionless and white thing people were doing that trend with uh uh have you seen that tiktok i think some people were doing with like you're my motherfucker and then it's them petting like their cat or their dog whatever aggressively <laughs> yes, 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 yes i twisted it and i said like when yeah so i twisted it i said like when uh what is it when Tony found out Bucky killed his mom and then just, I put in a clip of like Tony just demolishing Bucky for a second. Amazing. And so that's my middle moment literally for that. I love it. Well, awesome, man. There's so many more too that we could just talk all night here for, but um, I think we covered a, a good solid yeah. ground of all the metal moments. And I think it was, so. it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It's like was... walk down memory lane, in the most yeah. metal of ways. I loved it. It was great. Well, thanks again for coming on and doing this, man. It's it's been so much fun. So, uh, for your podcast and everything, like you mentioned, you got uh, a lot coming up and everything. But uh, where do you want everyone to kind of check you out and follow the podcast and kind of uh, what's in store for the future? Yeah, of course. So, uh, the best way you can find the podcast is on the Adobe Network. So you can catch it on Adobe. Just go to Adobe.com or you can download the app. 
It's on the Adobe Howl channel every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. But if you can't catch it live, that's totally fine. It's on every podcast platform you can possibly find it on. And uh, if you want to follow just uh, day-to-day, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all at Metalcore Nerds. We do have a Discord channel. It is pretty kind of dead lately. But we do have a Facebook group that is very, very active. And I approve anyone who wants to get in it. You can just search Metalcore Nerds Facebook group. Or I think there's a link on the Facebook too. Facebook's weird to navigate nowadays, yep. as anyone knows. Um, metalcorners.com all of our links are right there and then you can find our awesome merch including the Kang train t-shirt which should be shipping this week by the time you are listening to this it would they'll already be going shipping they're already printed so good to go and they're really sick so i would i would suggest buying them i guess but there you um, go. we just put out an episode with the singer of he's legend which was really really cool we talked about favorite horror movies of the year which is your, this year has been a really good year for horror got some cool guests coming up that still kind of working on the dates of when to do it but the the cool thing about being on the network is i get hooked up with a lot of cool people and bands so heck yeah man uh it's always exciting to be like hey this person's putting out an album do you want to have them on the podcast i'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) nice Nice. yeah yeah Yeah. yes yes i do (laughs) you know and uh while we're on that real fast so like for Fans of our podcast who don't actually maybe like dabble in the metal or even the pop punk side of things too much. What would you say if they're like a fan of the MCU and all that stuff? What would you recommend an artist that they check out? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess it Mm -hmm. depends. A a good one. I just covered this album Uh, and a little sneak peek here. The singer is going to be on the show eventually. It's hard because they're on tour, but Dayseeker. They're like Ooh. a pop band, basically, nice. but also a metalcore band. So especially their new album, I described it as if the 1975 wrote a metalcore album. And I think if you listen to it, you're like, oh, I can see that. Makes sense. That's but good. I mean, the dude can sing. It's mostly all singing or even the gloom of the corn that I brought up. There's a lot of singing in that. There's some heavy parts, too. But I think those would be good gateway drugs, I think, for people who <laughs> maybe haven't dabbled in heavier music. Or they think like mm-hmm. Metallica is the heaviest thing they've ever listened to, you know, which is fine if you have. There's just crazier shit out there for you to discover. Mm. <laughs> nice. You know, the Dayseeker poll is a really good one. I that is good. Like people good who like mix, pop yeah. music, like I, I was like, dude, this band should be on tour with like pop bands. Like, yeah. And that's not like uh, I'm not dissing them. I'm like, they should not be touring with metalcore bands unless it's like Bring Me the Horizon or Architects, you know? Yeah. Those make sense, but I'm like, man. I mean, the tour they're on right now is like all sold out, so I'm sure they're fine. Right? <laughs> Good problem to have. Yeah, I guess I'm sure they're fine. It gets better. Yeah, but I hope that's that band awesome. gets more recognition because that band's sick. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I I'm looking forward to that episode now when you eventually get the singer on. It's Ooh. good. It's gonna it's happen. Good. I've I've talked to their PR people. We almost made it happen, but then they left on tour. Well, actually, I was going to have him on for She-Hulk, but I guess he didn't like She-Hulk. But that's fine. There. There. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. I guess I really want to have him on if he didn't really like it either. Yeah, so. get him on when it's good, right? Yeah. Well, It'll awesome, happen eventually. Heck yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. And uh, like I said, guys, go check out what he just recommended. Experience something new for a little bit. Listen to it. Yeah. And let us know what you think. Hit us up. So that does it for this episode of Earth 894. Thank you so much for listening. 
if there's any other moments that you think we uh, should, have, should have talked about a little bit and want to tell us why, feel free to contact us. You can always DM us on any social platform like Instagram at earth894podcast or even email us at earth894podcast at gmail.com. And we have plenty more in store, so stick around, make sure to subscribe, and thank you again for listening to Earth 894. Thanks to you, Sean, and the Metalcore Nerds for being on here. Oh, man, no problem. Thank you again. Seriously, this was awesome. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker.